So James, we uh, we both we all go out and see a lot of customers. What would you say are some of the most frequently asked questions that you come across? Um, I, I, well, I really think it has to do with you know the the seasonality of it, right? So you know, in different different seasons, I'm going to get different questions. Um, lately, since we've had some pretty crazy weather here in Texas, uh, the biggest question that I've had is why is the bark, you know, falling off my live oak? Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, so that that's probably number one. And I have to explain to them, you know, what's happened with the freeze, why this is happening, that the tree is repairing itself. It's creating new wound wood and trying to scab over because trees, they seal themselves, but they don't heal themselves. You know, if we go back to the drought of last year, you know, we had a lot of sap coming out of trees, you know, so... Uh, that's probably number two. Why is all these? Why is there all these wet spots on my tree? And uh, you know, whenever we're going through serious uh, weather conditions like that, the trees are going to be stressed and they're prone to secondary invaders. One of the most common ones being wood borers. So um, that's definitely uh, uh, number two. And then number three is you know why is my tree you know looking the way that it does? You know why doesn't it look the right color? or why, um, why is it dropping leaves early? And um, you know, a lot of times that goes back to what we talked about earlier with the root flare being covered or, or the tree being overwatered or improperly watered. Um, and then just more of those secondary invaders that are causing it to be stressed when it shouldn't be. So can you, um, I get this a lot too, on the, why is the bark coming off my live oak? Can you kind of describe What's happening there? Because um, I know we get a lot of calls on that. So um, whenever we had that freeze, it was a late freeze. And, uh, you know, especially with the live oaks, since they're deciduous evergreens and, you know, they're pulling up moisture through their vascular tissue, uh, a little bit more so than trees that are, you know, deciduous, um, it's like sprinkler pipes in your yard. You know, the tree just wasn't ready for it. And where we see a lot of that damage is where the wind direction came from. And so whenever that wind hit that vascular tissue, which just like a sprinkler pipe, expand, contract, expand, contract, and physically destroyed that part of the tree. And on that vascular tissue, um, one thing that I come across a lot is people think, you know, on a, on a big tree, a tree that's two feet in diameter, you know, they think that that entire center of that tree is a vascular tissue. Can you kind of tell me, you know, why the freeze was so damaging and kind of the, the, uh, an overview of where that vascular tissue is relative to the overall tree size? So depending on the type of tree and uh, uh, the type of vascular tissue that it has, only the first few inches around the actual center of the tree is going to be live conducive tissue. Um, and so it's a very thin layer, you know, the mm -hmm. center of a lot of trees is actually dead wood. We call it the pith or, or heartwood. Um, and dead is in non-functioning, right? Not non-functioning. Yep. Yep. Dead, dead living tissue that right. was living tissue at one point. And, uh, so it's a very thin layer, you know, and whenever that freeze hit it, there's just, it, the tree literally wasn't ready for it. And so, uh, uh, now it just has to go through a process where, it has to make that wood again. And that's what I, I tell my customers that, you know, that tissue was dead 
right after the freeze. Um, that tissue was dead and just sitting there under that old bark. And the reason we're seeing it now is that new bark is healing over and that's releasing that old bark that was just sitting there for two years now. And now it looks worse, but that damage has been there for years. Yeah, 100%. That, that's something I hear a lot where we're, we're still getting calls about it where, hey, the I just started seeing this bark falling off my live oak. And mm-hmm. I say the same thing. And this has been here. This has been here since you know February of 2021. Um, and uh, the, what's happening now is, you know, I think especially since we went through that drought and things like that, the trees were kind of concentrated more on living than they were growing. And so we'll probably see, a, I think we'll see a lot more of it this spring if the trees, you know, are, have the right um, environment to, to produce enough wood. So what would be some, um, some of your techniques to help that tree recover from the freeze damage? <clears throat> well, m- my biggest concern, what I tell people with, uh, depending on how large the wound is, is, you know, how much energy the tree is going to allocate to that wound. You know, I mean... Some of these wounds are, you know, two feet across, two feet tall, or all the way up the trunk of the tree. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, a tree has a certain amount of energy that it can make. It has a a certain capacity, and it doesn't, you know, it can only produce X. So it's having to take that energy and and send it to this area, and it's not concentrating on its other functions. So uh, deep root fertilization or, or trying to make sure the tree has the easiest time finding that energy that it needs right. to do all those processes because that's my biggest concern is how much energy does a tree have even more so so on a typically live oaks are super vigorous for us here um, but now you take a tree that is normally vigorous and you damage it so that's where you know you and I and we all are kind of agreeing on supplementing that nutrition to help maximize and kind of boost that tree's energy um, along with preventing opportunistic pests like wood borers. So we would mix in, you know, some insecticide depending on conditions just to help protect that thing until the, the wound heals over. Yeah, and that's not something that we typically see a lot on live oaks, but this last year I have, you know. Mm-hmm. And so um, they're definitely under stress. And, you know, the thing that I think a lot of people have to remember is is that it's not – you know, especially when it comes to live oaks, they're long-lived trees. And so it's not something that's going to be corrected overnight. Um, it's going to be a multi-year process on some of these trees. And even even though the tree looks okay now, just because we're not doing anything for it doesn't mean in three years from now it's going to be okay. Yeah. Because each year, if it's having to allocate that energy, it's going to have less and less energy for the following year. So, And that's where our fertilizer programs really help boost that thing and help supplement. And the other thing that I tell my customers is, you know, I I get called out there and there'll be a pile of bark sitting next to the tree and I ask, did did you pull this off? Well, yeah, I saw it kind of loose. And I I tell them, no, 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 don't, don't pull it off. You know, it's kind of like us and um, a scab on us. When it's ready, that will come off. Um, Don't go pulling on it because that tissue's not fully healed underneath it. And then you're opening up even another, you're opening a wound potentially in that new growth that hasn't hardened off yet. So I tell my customers, just leave it alone. Um, that, that loose bark, you know, if you touch it and it falls off, that's fine, but don't, don't go pulling or trying to peel any of that away. Just let it, let it work its course, even though it, it is ugly at times. Yeah. I think another big issue, especially when we're talking about seasonality and, and weather, um, it is, and we talked about post oaks earlier, 
but there's a lot of misinformation out there about um, something called hypoxylene canker, uh, which is something that we see a lot of, you know, during droughts or, or periods of excessive moisture. Um, and so that's something that's probably another huge call that I get. What is this stuff, you know, growing on my tree or yeah. why is there this big, lar- large <clears throat> gray or brown mark all the way up my post oak? And, uh, you know, it's, it's a fungal disease that, that lives on the outside of those trees all the time. And uh, a lot of people, they'll look up on Google or they'll hear from somebody else that, you know, it's something that's going to spread and go throughout all your trees and kill them all. You have right. to, you can't chip it. You have to burn it. Don't burn it near other trees. Um, but it's just not true. Uh, do you have anything to elaborate on that? That's, I, I tell them that, yes, it's, you know, it is a fungal disease that is spreadable, but it's already on every tree. You know, if we were to test and try and swab for it, the chances of finding hypoxylin canker on a, on a post oak property, we would find it on most of the trees, if not all. But it's actually a weak pathogen until certain stress levels are met, and then it takes over the tree. And then that's kind of what we talked about earlier with that final nail in the coffin. Um, you know, did the hypoxylin canker kill the tree? Well, yes, technically. But it's the years or months of stress prior that let the hypoxylin take over. So the hypoxylin is what killed it, but it's the prior events that we need to focus on for the remaining trees in that area because um, prevention is always better than trying to intervene. Um, you know, the, if you can catch it on a limb of a tree instead of the trunk of a tree, you know, we can remove that limb immediately we can try some treatments to try and suppress that and hopefully boost that tree's health enough to where it can't take over. But most of the time, by the, by the time I get called out anyways, it's on the lower trunk tissue and, you know, whether the tree's completely dead yet or not, that particular tree's not worth, um, in a lot of cases, not worth any inputs with plant health care or any of those means. Mm-hmm. We would focus on the other groups of trees around it. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's, you know, interesting that we keep bringing up the, uh, it was a primary stress factor and then everything else is secondary invader, right. you know? Um, and so you're right. Proactiveness is just really one of the only ways that we can be successful. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you talked about weak pathogen. And so that kind of brought up another one that, that is pretty, you know, big in this area that we get a lot of calls about ceridium canker, mm-hmm. you know, that's, uh, something that especially last year with the drought or even with, you know, the wet springs before, um, you know, we've seen a lot of, uh, you know, especially when it got really hot and dry. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, a lot of people, you know, don't realize that a lot of it has to do with the type of plant that it is. And, um, you know, sometimes it's better just to avoid planting those. Yeah. You know, the mainly on the evergreens, you know, the Italian cypress and, and some of those other ones, um, with the Italian cypress, you know, the, the main problem is we plant those in the total wrong location. We, we cram them real tight in, in bed areas or stick them in a corner because they grow like these super tight, tall pencils. And the reality is they want to be in fully drained, well open areas, non-irrigated. You know, they, um, they want to be basically just abused physically. And we put them in the total opposite. Yeah. And then our customers, we get that call all the time on, well, it's, you know, it's in the color bed or it's in this landscape bed. It gets water all the time. And that's the exact opposite of what that particular tree wants. But because of its growth habit, because it'll fit in a corner or it'll grow in a two-by-two two area, that's where they put them in. Um, that goes back to what you said earlier. I mean, you can, you can 
uh, a lot of trees are, are killed by kindness. Yeah. You know, just. I say we over love them over-love a lot. Over love them. Yeah.